Hello. Welcome to Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. I am your guide, Jim McIntyre, and with me playing Hatchet Farmer is... Hello, it's me, John. And playing Frank Farmer... Is me, Jesse, playing Frank Farmer. Boys, there's been a development in our world. Uh, Every single NPC has a sinus infection at the moment. It's crazy, I know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's happening? Uh, We can't do a pandemic episode, Jim. That's just really poor taste. I don't know. Maybe there's like some god of infection or something. Uh, that is Let's make it a parasite causing, just to remove it a little bit from reality. It's like a fungus, like The Last of Us. Oh, uh, yes. Now we're topical. Now we're, yeah, we're also deeply more rooted back into reality, except that but, cordyceps doesn't affect higher brains anyway. Anyway. Or it does, but it doesn't affect our temperature. That's what it is. Anyway. All I'm saying is the NPCs, uh, their voices are all going to be pretty bad this episode. Oh, right. Okay. We're just I'm excusing. feeling like I've been run over by a snowplow. Uh, okay. So, recently on Roll for Friendship, some stuff went down. Uh, Frank is developing a deep loathing for Caldone as thing after thing went wrong for Frank. Uh, Frank was far- farmed. Frank yeah. was framed. Frank was robbed uh, and clobbered over the head a few times. So Frank's feeling filthy. Meanwhile, for Hatchet, is love in the air? Uh, Hatchet (laughs) has met some vigilantes and has befriended them. Recently, Hatchet and Frank were meeting with the vigilantes, the Grey Fox and uh, Talon, and something shifted Grey Fox's fate shifted at the end of the episode was what we... Oh, I yeah, I didn't realise you'd confirmed that it was the Grey Fox's fate. I don't think I gave her a name, boys. Let's call her Jenna. <laughs> Just to keep the... Remember mm-hmm. her name easily. Yeah. We named her sister, which is yeah. Hamira, so... Yeah, you guys had met with the Grey Fox and Talon uh, and something had just shifted the Grey Fox's fate uh, was where you guys... Ended the episode. I think what I'm suggesting is maybe Hatchet and Frank would be heading back to uh, their abode, to Owl's Chemical Wonders. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you have invited Talon and the Grey Fox back with you, or would they have? Would you have sent them on their way? Um, are we like? Are we going to do the job, or are we? Last episode, you kind of talked about a few other things that you might need some like climbing gear uh, right. to yeah. get over the walls i think it would be a very ill-advised for hatchet and frank to go and do anything other than go back to their safe location it's not a bad point yeah i think you guys head back to al's chemicals wonders but my question is ha- <laughs> just getting more s's every <laughs> time <all> plurals <laughs> There is an extra Owls, s chemicals and wonders <laughs> Owls chemical warehouses wonders Next, it's Sal's Chemical Wonders. Did Sal's you? Sal's Chemical Swonders. <laughs> yeah, just stop. keeps moving. <laughs> Sal's Chemical Swonders. <laughs> but the question that I need answered is are you guys inviting Talon and the Grey Fox to come back with you, or are you guys making a sure. plan to meet back up with them? 
Yeah, no, now let's introduce them to uh, to Theodora if she's home. That'd be fun. The other bit of your crew. Yeah. If she wants to, we can probably this give her a quick This is that Ocean's Eleven scene where we put the, the blueprint on the wall and... Yeah, and the music just goes like, do, 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 like that. And then the drums are like... That sounded like the leverage music. Yeah, that's where I was... Well, I mean, basically all the same thing, right? Heist movies, heist TV shows. So you guys move through the alleys leading to Al's Chemical Wonders and you approach the shop from the back. Like, I think that there's a back entrance uh, that is the entrance you guys regularly use to try and keep off the street like, and not let people see you. Uh, you crack open the door and head into the back room. And I think it's like a storage area, sort of a hallway that is used as a storage area is the back space. There's like a bathroom off to the side uh, and then a door that leads into like I think a door that leads upstairs and a door that leads into the main shop. And as you begin to walk up the stairs, you hear Theodora shout from obviously her sitting room and she shouts, It's a trap! Run! I think we should go headlong into the trap, to be honest. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna run up there. I care too much for Theodora. I don't think well she doesn't know we've got four people. That's correct. I quickly huddle and whisper to the Grey Fox and Talon and say, they don't know you're here. We'll head up. You do something useful after that. Grey Fox uh, nods and so does Talon. I'm going to grab a bomb up the shelf before I go upstairs. That's what I was uh, thinking. The bombs are upstairs. Oh, okay. That's probably the trap, to be honest. They're probably going to explode right. us. So you're just going to like open the door and walk through into the uh, sitting room? Is Rufio with us? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, I turn to Frank quietly and go, how do you want to go in, Frank? Big and loud storm? Or do you want to just wander in and, and you I'm, know, try I'm and I was just waiting for them? you to say big and loud or <laughs> soft and slow. <laughs> just like earlier. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe we... Uh, I can't be quiet. Okay. Okay. Let's go in then. <laughs> I've got my chaos pearls at the, at the ready and my staff in my other hand um if things get hairy i've got the chaos pearl to sort of get us around but i can also cast us a portal so let me know if you need that i think given frank's mood the hatchet's a bit like let's just do this um uh so we're gonna kick in the door okay so you kick in the door roll me a dice actually oh all right what did you roll john a 15 okay so a success you kick open the door uh, with a huge amount of force and it smashes back and you hear a muffled shriek as a figure that had been hiding behind the door waiting for you guys to come in has the door smash into them uh, and they crumple to the ground in a heap. You both enter the room uh, and see uh, Theodora's sitting room invaded by some figures that Frank would recognize from the revolution. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you see a large centaur man with a crossbow leveled at Theodora, like standing just by Theodora. Uh, on the other side of Theodora is a uh, another, uh, I think another man with a like rapier pointing at her. Uh, and you see several figures with daggers throughout the room, uh, maybe like 
five other figures in the room. So the room is really crowded. Theodora is sitting in her armchair with her blanket on her lap and she's actually knitting. She's kind of used to this sort of situation in a way. And as you guys come in, she says, told you I was just trap. It's barely a trap. Like there was no immediate danger. I, I think I just crumpled a guy. Uh, and the centaur says, you killed Elisar. Oh, you mean Elsiar? I've heard it both ways. <laughs> okay. Well, Elsiar, actually, what happened was I was um, I was asked by someone, I'm not going to reveal who, I was asked by someone to help in removing him. And I had agreed not to kill him, but I had agreed to um, use uh, my abilities as a, a magician, a wizard, sorry, uh, to remove him from the guild so that someone else may usurp and um, use the guild for their own, or whatever you want to call it, the union, whatever, revolution. Bro, you're saying this. The yeah. centaur points the crossbow in your direction and fires uh, just just to the right of you. Like the crossbow bolt sails across and clashes into a um, like a dresser. That's a bit of a mistake because he needs to reload now. So I'm going to charge knowing that he needs to reload. And also, it didn't phase uh, Frank. <laughs> he just kept talking. <laughs> yep, okay. And then, yeah, I just say to Frank, I'll get the centaur and I, I charge at him. Okay. I'm going to do a, a reckless attack. Yep. So do you have to roll for that? You do, yeah. I do, yeah. That's not so good. No. Roll to seven. Oh, so wild attack on a six to ten. I deal double damage, but they counterattack me. Okay, so you still do double damage, but they yes. counterattack you. Yes. So you take damage, basically. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're, describe what this attack looks like. I think I'm trying to can I, do can a I bit of a body suggest? blow. Yeah. He's got six limbs. Like, how is it not possible that Sweet when you're legs. hitting... No. <laughs> like, you're going for something, and because he's got all six limbs available, he has at least one set of them to hit you back with. So, like... You hit him and he hits you. It's just kind of oh, how it I'm goes. not. I'm not worried about how he gets hurt. All right. I want to know what he does. Fair enough. Sorry, I was just um, thinking yeah, how easy no, it would it be sense. for a... a I, I like the idea that because it's a, it's a wild attack, it just is like basically a charge. Like it's just... Um, I'm just trying to get the centaur away from Theodora, basically. Yeah. So it's more just like a pile drive into the wall. Yeah. So... I think you pile drive the centaur into the wall and like photo frames and like vases and things are falling off the wall and smashing on the ground as the centaur and you collide into the wall. Uh, I think like you carry through the wall and you're on a balcony outside that is connected. Uh, is there, Was there another person in the room? Did we decide? There was another person. There's heaps of other people, but there's another person at Theodora. So yes. I, right. Okay. I basically signal to you like you take the other guy because yep. he's got a sword to her. Like yeah. So uh, you're going to take two damage, Hatchet, uh, from busting through the wall. And currently you are sort of grappling with the centaur on the balcony, uh, like hanging over an alleyway. Uh, meanwhile, Frank, what are you doing? So yeah, there is a man, like a human man, uh, with long dark hair standing with a sword at Theodora's throat. And he's kind of just watched what's happening with the centaur and like his gaze turns back to Theodora and you can see he's about to make a move. 
Okay, can we make it a katana and can we make him have a fedora? Because just think that would be extremely appropriate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to magic strike him with my double power one. So the one that I have to use ability points for and that means I don't have to roll. Yeah. He does four damage, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, four damage. So I'm going to damage him with four. Okay. Uh, so that's not a thing you have to roll for. It's just ability points. Yeah, two ability points. Um, yeah. Cool. I mean, the other magic strike, I don't think I have to do no roll as well. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you've done four damage to him, uh, he crumples to a heap. Oh, that's quick. Okay, cool. Just yeah. straight up dead. Yeah. Or unconscious. Uh, <laughs> for our younger listeners, you've yeah. got your magic set to stun. <laughs> uh, so the other five figures in the room sort of all begin to advance. Uh, I think that there's a goblin, there's a dwarf, a couple of humans, like a human woman, a human man, uh, and a something else. Uh, no, actually, I think what it is is a, um, like, golem type thing. Like uh, Oh, like a stone golem. Uh, but, like, it, it's like a metal one. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's kind of like a suit of armor, but, like, yeah. bulk. Okay, uh, cool. And it yep, is I'm into advancing it. towards you. It's kind of magic incarnated. Yeah, so uh, I think that I'm going to run them as kind of two separate minion groups so we're not having to watch five people take a turn. Uh, so there's going to be four of them and then the armor thing. Well, I was about to say after I do the thing, I call out to um, old mates, Grey Fox and Talon. Um, and Grey Talon. Fox. Yeah. I don't think you need to. Oh, they've come up? They hear the, the kerfuffle? They've heard the kerfuffle and I think that they know their instructions. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that they're not going to get to move first. Okay, fair enough. I think the minions and also Theodora is still in the mix and also Rufio is still in the mix. We just have so many people involved in our fights. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why do you do but, combat? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, the... The big metal creature is going to move first, and the metal creature, uh, it's got like big gauntlets, but they're empty. And I think it picks up the coffee table in the center of the room uh, and swings it at you, Frank. Also, like it doesn't have hands; it just has like hoovers for arms. It's like, and then it just—it's like a gravity gun or something. No, I'm, it's I'm confused. Got- you said it has gauntlets, but it has nothing in them. It's got plungers. Oh, it has gauntlet hands, but it doesn't yeah. have a weapon. I see. Sorry, yeah. when you said it has nothing in them, I kind of assumed you meant like inside there was nothing inside it and it would like <laughs> suction to the thing. I don't know why I thought that. Okay, so a tail's I being thrown know at why me. I thought that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to Auditory processing issues. Um, so I think Frank's going to dive out of the way. No, let me roll. Oh, okay. It's well, just let me roll then. <laughs> okay. I see a nine. Yeah. So, tough choice, right? Hmm. All right. So, the golem throws the table at you. Uh, and I think how it's going to go is the table hits you, Frank, but it also hits one of the approaching humans. Uh, and so, you both get smashed back. You are going to take two damage, uh, but the human that got hit with the table does not get back up. Okay. So it's just like they say, two humans, one table. Uh, and the table is broken. Like it's shattered across the ground. Okay. How much damage did I take? Sorry. Two. 
two damage. Two, cool. Room is quickly being very thoroughly destroyed. Uh, so I'm just going to do the other minion group now, which is only three left. Uh, and I think that they attack Theodora, like all three of them. Oh. Uh, like sort of leap towards Theodora with their daggers. Can Rufio intervene? Can anyone intervene? Uh, this person has a sitting room. They're old, like old enough to have a sitting room. They're going to get their go first. Okay, so they got a tough choice. So I think that they weren't trying to kill her in that moment. They were trying to like pull her into like a um, hostage situation, like... The three of them were trying to get her up and get their dagger like around her neck. So they were able to threaten her uh, and they rolled a tough choice. So I think how it plays out is the three of them grab her and haul her to her feet. And as the blanket falls down to the ground that was sitting on her lap, uh, her little hand crossbow is revealed and she shoots one in the face <laughs> as the three of them pull her up. The other two managed to take the weapon off of her and have the dagger at her throat as Talon and the Grey Fox emerge into the room. Okay, so I'm going to just quickly do their moves and then it'll be... I keep clicking the wrong thing in your dice roller, John. (laughs) That seems like your fault, John. (laughs) (laughs) It could be. Or it could be a very me issue. I'll admit it. The Grey Fox and... Talon have emerged into the room and Grey Fox uh, sort of, you see her, well, I mean, Frank would see her, Hatchet would not, but Frank, you'd see from sort of your position crumpled on the floor uh, and I assume rising to your feet, you see mm-hmm. the Grey Fox sort of take in the scene quickly, seeing the two figures holding Theodora with the dagger uh, and Grey Fox kicks up a bit of like a chunk of the table, maybe like a table leg. She kicks it up into a hand and then like sends it spinning and it takes one of them down. Like you see it connect with the head of one of them and that one just crumples. The other one quickly like gets the air dagger up against Theodora's throat uh, and draws a little bit of blood in their nervousness. And they're like, don't, don't take another step. Don't. If any of you move, I'm going to, I'll cut her, I'll cut her, I will. And the guards are already on their way. We, we sent for them already. Like, they were going to find your dead bodies, but they, they'll be here soon. Let's jump to a hatchet on the balcony with a centaur. You guys are currently kind of grappling. <laughs> what are you going to do? So I think he's got <laughs> kind of his arms around you and is like quite pushing romantic. and pulling you. I really want to use overpower to put my enemy in a compromised position. <laughs> okay. That being off the balcony. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a really compromising position. You are quite compromised. Uh, how does that ability work? Like, do you have to roll for it? You use your strength to overpower a commoner or minion within reach. Describe how you overpower them. You put the target in a compromised position until they spend a turn getting out of it. Okay. So, it's not going to be a thing that kills him. That's unfortunate. Maybe I'll just try and like Spartan kick him off the balcony. Yeah, I mean, I think that it could be that he's hanging on to the balcony. I'm going to be like Scar. (laughs) Uh, Because it seems like it doesn't kill him, right? Like it puts him in a compromised position. But I think the compromised position could be him hanging from the roof. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. I'm I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, I could just finish him off. Yeah. 
he's going to have a turn to try and get out of it. So do you have to roll for that or is it just ability points? Just ability. Okay. But overpower. And you have enough ability points to use it? Yeah. Okay. Last session, you guys did both get some back because um, you both did some of your triggers for AP as well. Oh, yes. So we just haven't been recording that. I've just been doing it afterwards. Yeah, so I'm happy for you to overpower him. So I guess describe what it looks like as you put him in a compromised position. Um, I really just want, want him to be hanging off the balcony. <laughs> yep. So how do you I'm imagining do like a sumo wrestle, like you're both hand in hand pushing each other and then you just go shoulder in. Uh, yeah, I imagine I just kind of <laughs> get, get under him, get his legs over the balcony and it's holding on ever so precariously yeah uh and i think hatchet at that point wants to move back into the room to kind of reconnect with what's going on there yeah i i think he's holding on very precariously because obviously he is half horse and that horse half is heavy (laughs) if he's facing with his chest and torso towards the building then his back would be like hanging flat but also i'm pretty sure centaurs have like a i don't know what's the centaur anatomy but if centaurs wore pants, would they wear them like this? A <laughs> <laughs> centaur's actually insects because they have three limbs. Whoa, six limbs? Si- yeah, three limbs. Each side, sorry, yes. And they also have like an abdomen and a thorax and all that stuff. <laughs> Asking the big questions. So, uh, I think it is probably the centaur's go. The centaur hasn't actually had a go yet. Uh, his go was shooting at Frank and that was his first mistake. That's true. Uh, but I think... We will give him, uh, like, he has to spend a turn getting out of that. So that's what he's doing, is trying to pull himself back up. But I think what he actually does is uh, ends up dropping to the ground because you are one story up. It just runs off. You don't see what he does because you said you go back inside. Yep. So, yeah, you go back inside and the scene is that there is um, one person, which I think is the human woman, with her knife against Theodora's throat and she's trembling. The knife is drawing blood and digging deeper with each tremble. And I think you've kind of walked back in just as she's finished saying what she was saying to the rest of the room. So, Frank, what are you doing? I kind of want to blink behind her and stop her from doing this. Is blink instantaneous enough to do that, do you think, that they wouldn't even notice? Like, Uh, we've done blink a few times. I think that I would just need you to roll to see whether it was successful in like doing it that quickly. I just rolled a three. So I'm probably going to port over the balcony and hang out with a centaur or something. No, I know what happens. And it will be revealed to you in time. After this short ad break. No. uh, (laughs) You wish. (laughs) You blink uh, and you blink across to be behind this uh, woman that has her knife against Theodora, uh, but you blink a little bit far. uh, And when you sort of step out of the blink, one of your legs is in the dresser, uh, the dresser that had the bombs in it. So, like, I think that what that means is, like, the dresser kind of crumples around your leg and the bombs spill out on the ground so nothing has happened yet but you see yeah maybe what it is is like because we describe the bombs as like vials uh 
so and I think they had that, to mix, right? Yeah, they had to mix, and you see pools of them on the ground, like dripping towards each other. Okay, yeah, cool. That's fine. Uh, and Theodora looks at that and says, "Fates, I really liked this store. All right. Are they are they that volatile? <laughs> Can I have a move? Yep, I'm gonna disarm okay. the human woman. Yep. All right. You don't have to even roll for that, do you? No, you just do. A, just at a bench point, I think. Okay. Wild. Every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you disarm her? Um. Well, I'm behind her, so I think I just step as softly as possible and yep you know it's like i think and i think she's pretty focused on everyone else in the room so i'm just like also i just blinked behind us she's probably even could be looking completely the wrong direction i don't know if i can do anything else with that turn but no i think that you're able to remove the knife uh and theodora says we need to run uh and she races towards the balcony and leaps off does she have some sort of like slow fall ability or something as a doctor? I think Theodora is like uh, currently just wearing like sort of an old person pajamas, like a bit of a nightgown. Uh-huh. Uh, just like a blue and white checkered nightgown. Uh, no, you just see like leap off the balcony uh, and the grey fox and Talon look at each other, look at Theodora and both race after her and okay. leap off the balcony. Reality. Are there any, like, untouched bombs? We needed those. True, yeah. I'm going to grab all the vials that I can see that aren't opening or broken. Uh, also, could you take two damage, Jesse? I forgot to mention that. Yeah, absolutely. That. But, yeah, I think you can... Maybe there's one vial left. One vial? But then one how does the liquid touch? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Maybe that's that's actually how the vials are. Maybe they are, like, a double vial that has two tops, like, two stoppers, and you pull it off and you just pour it or throw it. No, you know those uh, cheap shots you can get at alcohol stores that are like they have the like slanted all oh, right yeah like the b52s is that them sure i think they were called like cowboy milkshake or something oh uh, yeah yeah that's a b52 yeah yeah it's baileys and butterscotch sure anyway yes understood yeah so it's a vial like that yeah i think their vials kind of like those shots that have the divider halfway through like the mm-hmm. slanted divider which might be an Australian thing, uh, but yeah. I feel like that is a uniquely American also thing. Like, if, if sorry, if it's not if it's not just Australian, it would be definitely very American is what I'm Maybe. trying to say. All right. Well, anyway, that's what they're like. So, yeah, you, you scoop up one uh, and you guys are jumping off the balcony? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's only one story. Like as in, it's like kind of like a, a balcony that's at only half a meter above the ground or what? Yeah, like you're a story up. Like, so I, I think it's still slightly risky, but also like you guys are adventurers that have been doing all sorts of nonsense for a while. Like, I think you can stick a landing of that distance. Yeah, I think um, if I can jump in, I think that um, Frank possibly lands quite gracefully though. Yep. Like he lands maybe with his first, like his right foot lands um, toe first. And only his right foot lands toe first and he kind of lands very gracefully and just kind of steps and now he's walking again. Um, Almost like he doesn't weigh much. Like an effortless grace, you could say. Beautiful. And I think maybe John lands... uh, Sorry. John also lands. John just jumps out of an adjacent (laughs) building. Hello, I'm here. I hear buildings are exploding. Let's leave. Hatchet lands in like that Black Widow pose. Is that like arm first and two knees bent? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, like arm down. Yeah. yeah. Or spider. That's a kind of Spider-Man pose too, right? Yeah, it's a superhero landing. Yeah, yeah, superhero landing. So, yeah, you guys are both landed on the ground uh, and are running away from the building. Uh, I guess we're following Theodora. Yeah, so I, I think the... How many of you are there now? Six, five, the group in, of not you, including Rufio. Uh, the group of you are sort of running through alleyways uh, and there's a huge explosion behind you. Describe how huge, like on scales. Would it have engulfed the whole building in one go or buildings next to it? Or I what? think it wasn't just the one building. I think it was buildings next to it. Right. And I tossed stories. my aviators away. <laughs> in slow Frank motion. was just standing there looking at the thing the whole time. You toss one of your eye patches away in slow motion. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I, I think that the group of you are sort of running through alleyways and you can hear voices moving towards it and like lots of voices moving away from it. You see the torches uh, and hear the sort of armor of guards running past uh, and you and even hear whistles, your name. Maybe? Yeah, whistles, but you hear your names on sort of in the air, like people be like, Hatchet and Frank. Uh, Just chanting it? Well, no. As <laughs> Hatchet like, and Frank. Hatchet and Frank. Um, uh, and sort of like looking for you and talking about how it must have been you that did this. Uh, well, they're not wrong, okay? <laughs> as you're running, Theodore is like, well, you two, anywhere we can. Hide out, and I think to the Gray Fox. Yeah, to Gray Fox and Talon. Gray Fox and Talon sort of come to a, a stop in the middle of an alleyway uh, and are looking at each other. And Gray, you are hearing one side of a conversation between the two of them because Talon's obviously talking into Gray Fox's mind. But Gray Fox says, "I think we can trust them." Kind of in for a penny, in for a pound at this point, right? Talon, like, is is looking at you guys, looking at the Gray Fox. You're not hearing Talon's side of the conversation. And Grey Fox says, I, I know, I know. It, it seems like they, they might be a bit messy, but I don't know. Maybe they can help. Think about Hamira. And, and Talon then speaks into the mind of all of you and says, and I, I remember I'm not doing a voice for Talon. Talon says, like, I've, I've got a place that we can go, but I need you all to promise that no harm will come to the people that you find there. I promise. Of course. So Talon leads you through um, several more alleyways uh, and then leads you to a grate, uh, like a sewer grate. Oh, and, <laughs> a great what? <laughs> a sewer grate and lifts up the sewer grate and leads you through some sewers. Like you're trudging through the water. I, I think some people, like some of you have lanterns at this point. Uh, underground talent takes you a winding passage through the sewers and leads you to a door talent wraps on like i think it's a, a wooden door and talent wraps on the door in a certain pattern and a pattern wraps back and talent wraps a, a pattern one more time and a the door opens and you're led into a fairly well lit like there's lots of lanterns but lots of lanterns that I think are like flickering, like there's not a lot of oil in them and, and candles that are kind of on their last legs, but lots of candles in, into this large stone room uh, that is fairly damp, cold. Uh, and you see 
quite a few figures uh, on beds uh, and they're like quite confusing to look at. Like you see sheets pulled up, but there's lots of like lumps in places you wouldn't expect them under the sheep. Like they don't look like uh, how you would expect a human to look under a sheet. Uh, and the figure in front of you is a group of five wolves standing in a pyramid. Yes, that's great. <laughs> um, do they have a, like a coat or something over the top of them or are they completely um, exposed as, as five wolves? I think that they're exposed as five wolves. Okay. Hello, nice to meet you. What's your name? Uh, and they're and silent, I think I bow. But, yep. Because like, obviously there's no way to shake someone's hand if they're five wolves. Yeah. I, I think that during the silence you can probably tell from like the body language of the birds that make up Talon uh, and the wolves that make up this figure in front of you that there must be some communication happening telepathically at the moment. Okay. Uh, and you can tell from the like heated body language of the wolves that it's probably a fairly tense conversation. And okay. Grey Fox busts in uh, on the conversation and is like, look, this is Hatchet and Frank. If you have been above ground, you've probably heard of them. We wouldn't have bought them here if it wasn't dire, but they want to do something. Yeah, and so you've you've bowed to the wolf. Do you guys want to say anything at this point? I think point? I'm continuing to bow until I feel like any form of positive regard towards me from the wolf person, wolves. Yeah, I think um, Hatchet's staying distant as much as possible and trying to be respectful. I'm also going to like conspicuously put Rufio on my shoulder just to make me slightly more. Um, <laughs> I know an just, animal. I'm fine. But just like slightly more. Um, I don't know. You do that. Uh, and as Rufio is on your shoulder, you see Rufio kind of sniff, uh, like sniff the air. Uh, and Rufio leaps off your shoulder and runs to one of the like beddings on the floor that is like a, a figure covered by sheets and grabs a hold of a corner of the sheet with his mouth and pulls it back. Uh, and on the... Because I, I don't think they're mattresses even. I think it's just like bits of hay. Uh, on the ground that are kind of being used as makeshift hay. And you see uh, a group of five badgers. I was going to say like 12 because they're smaller animals. <laughs> so maybe like a good amount of them, yeah. Yeah, all right. I, th I think you see a group of 12 badgers. But the badgers are not moving and their breathing is shallow. They look like half asleep, but like I think hatchet you can tell these badgers are ill um is there any way for me as frank to sense the magic whether that's a sickness of magic because obviously these these beings are um formed by magic in some way yeah. so you guys are kind of moved into the room at this point yeah we've followed rufio yeah okay yeah so i think like the wolf the wolves have kind of like moved aside and are sort of still growling a little bit but have let you guys into the room as you approach the badgers, like the growling intensifies from the okay. wolves. Yeah. I think I, I kind of have my hands up. I'm just yeah. observing the aura of magic that's happening for this being. Do you have to use an ability point for sense magic? I can use ability points to sense it better or like sources and things like that. I think that's okay. the, 
the thing. Are you going to do that? Yes, yes. So, um, study the precise nature is two. Learning specific effects. If you use this ability to study a mysterious magic item, its name and effects are revealed. So, let's just say for this home cook that it's not an item but a person. Um, yeah. So, yep, two ability points marked off. Okay. So, what you can tell as you kind of like concentrate on the magic, like you can sense a crap load of magic throughout the room. Uh, like mm-hmm. you can see that each figure is knit together magically. Mm-hmm. But you can see that a few of the figures, like the badges and a few of the figures under other blankets, the magic is um, unweaving. That okay. it is, um, that it's, yeah, I think it's corrupting. And as it corrupts, like their life force that, that that has been knit together is dissolving. I probably have a way to remove that, I think. What ability are you looking at? I did it to Moopit to... No, I did it to Rupert when uh, he was cursed by Moopit. Undo. There it is. Yeah, so I have that tree almost... Yeah, I have that tree all full fill out. So I can undo an effect. I So I think maybe, like, you step towards the badger like you're about to cast a spell and Theodora puts a hand on your chest and is like, Fate, you, you don't know what that might do. You don't know what messing with that magic might do. I have to try. I uh, This creature or creatures or beings, whatever ends up becoming this, like I have compassion for this person and I just want to make sure that I could do something and if I can't, then... We, we get that, Frank, but we, we don't understand this. We need to get some more information before we take an action. Why don't we ask some questions first? Theodora like leans in and sort of whispers and I think this is like the conversation happening between the three of you she says what happens if you try and undo that spell and it kills the badgers the badgers look like they're already dying yeah yes push that over the line and what happens with our new allies here okay but what if I just explain that I'm trying to what if we before we do it, we, we explain that I have an ability to... I have the ability to help them. Possibly. Yep. But it carries risks. Yep. I'd we be... don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm not saying we don't try. I'm saying we don't do it without asking questions. Okay. Talon? Talon has shared their robe, their cloak, uh, and so did the five birds move towards you. Did we establish that Talon is the only one that speaks or is that like that audibly makes noise or is that just that um, what we hear of the wolves is actually just growling but that's them communicating as well? No. Talon can speak into your mind. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. I think they can all speak magically into your mind. Um, Maybe I should just do that to like (laughs) be on the level with them and speak in their minds. Okay. I'm going to use speak. Um, which means that I can pick, I think it's, oh, it's nearby creatures. Okay, yeah. So I can just speak into, like, the nearby group of I mean, however many. They can hear you. That's not the issue. No, I, I just want it to be like a, it's the same as speaking um, to Moopit with okay. his language. Yep. It's, yep. it's yep. speaking to it. these people with their language. All right. You're and seeking to be respectful. I get it. Yeah, of course. Like, that's kind of, and also, like, you know, there's silence in this whole room. It, it it almost feels like rude to actually use your voice in this room. I think that's kind of how Frank feels anyway. Yeah. Um, so he he speaks into the minds of the wolves, um, Talon, Grey Fox, 
Theodora would hear it, you know, um, and also the badger would yeah. probably, the badgers would hear it. So he says, I don't know what sort of magic is going on um, to have weaved these beings together into uh, a being, but I do have the ability to reverse magic and also heal magic. I don't know if that's possibly going to happen, but I really would like to help. Is there some way that I can help? And I'm kind of looking at Talon and looking at the wolf. Wolves. The wolves respond and are like, so you might be able to fix our friend and there's no risk. I think there's a risk. There's always a risk with magic, but the removal of the magic might also carry the risk of them becoming individual beings again. Whether that's something that you think is positive, I'm not sure, or it might become whole again and they become one being. I don't know how this might work. That would be their choice, whether they were to become ones again rather than one. But if you could strengthen what's on them and bring them back and and then they can make that decision because none of us none of us want to be hiding out down here none of us want to be living down here and i think that at this point like the fox kind of pushes it uh, sorry the wolves push an image into your mind and you kind of see uh, how these people have been treated that you kind of see an image i, I think it's like a montage of images that just flash through your brain uh, mm-hmm. through maybe all of your brains like you're all seeing this um, of like a a wizard you see a flash of Gwendolyn standing around a, 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 a group of animals and sort of casting some magic spells and, and then you see the flash of Gwendolyn and the wizards leaving and the people kind of being chased out of the wizards tower uh, and fleeing across the sea and then you see them arriving in Caldone and you see the the treatment that they received in Caldone, which was far worse than what you've experienced so far. Uh, and you see them kind of retreating into this space, kind of chased into this space. And then you see uh, as the magic begins to corrupt and degrade and you see some of them die and others of them sick. And that brings you back to where you are. Right. Well, I think Frank's crying because many reasons in that whole thing. But yeah, I think he 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 speaks directly to the badger only now, and um and he's like, if if you had the ability to be ones or one again, which would you prefer? You just hear a faint us. Okay, so that's one. And then Frank says, I don't know what could happen, whether you become ones or one. I have all the intention to make you one and I don't know whether I can strengthen or weaken those bonds with my magic. Are you okay with this? Would you like to proceed? I, I think you hear a faint try from the badger. The try. the wolves growl, but like... Can they hear yeah. what the badgers yeah, just yeah, said? Yeah, okay, yeah. So all right. they let out a growl, but like you have the badger's permission and the wolf, the wolves say to you guys... What will it cost us? Nothing. You'll do this for free out of the kindness of your own heart. Absolutely. This is a safe place. And and I agreed. I, I promised Talon and I promised the Grey Fox that I would never hurt anyone here. And uh, even more so if I can help them, then that's better. Proceed. The wolves, the wolves say and they step back and 
sort of, I think everyone except for Theodora steps back. Uh, Hatch is going to like usher Rufio back. Be like, don't get swept up in that. All right. So your undo spell that you're wanting to use. Yeah. It's got a one, two, three, and a four. Um, yeah. It's based I'm, on how much magic is used then, to make it. I think we're going to need you to roll a dice. Like, I, I think oh, yeah, absolutely. This is not a we can just use an ability point. I get that. Totally. But what do you think? Um, so the description of each is to a minute of effort up to a de- This is for the original wizard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, up to a minute of effort, up to a day of effort, or up to a week of effort, or any amount of effort. What do you think my like perception of the amount of effort in the magic has become? Like, yeah, I think that this is like really advanced magic. Like, this right. is magic that would be beyond you to do. Okay, um, so but I also think this is- at the same time, he studied with Gwendolyn for a year. Yep. Yep. Gwendolyn, who had studied for a lot of years. I know, um, I know. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, she helped him push yeah, through sure. a few things, for, for sure. sure. So, I, I think that it's not beyond the possibility that you will be able to do this, but mm-hmm. I think it would be the week. Okay, a week? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I have those ability points. Yep, uh, and roll a dice. Oh, God, wish me luck. I rolled a three. Well, that sucks. So what happens is you are sort of crouched above these badges trying to undo this magic and it's like the most complicated magic that you've ever attempted Uh, and it is drawing from you. Like you feel it drawing from you. You feel it drawing years from you actually. Like you feel yourself like life going out of you and you are aging. Okay. Uh, you sort of have a few grays in your hair mm-hmm. uh, uh, and a few more wrinkles and then nothing else happens. The magic that you're like casting dissipates and it, it, I think it was like sort of it began sucking into the badges and then it just stops uh, and just dissipates through the room. Okay. And the badges are still in the state that they were in, but you are 10 years older. Okay. I think uh, Frank just breaks down and cries and gives up face down to the ground and apologizes and just keeps saying sorry. I'm going to try and pick Frank up and be like, hey, you can't fix everything. And that's where we'll end it. This has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes making Frank cry. I feel like at least two out of the last 11. Tune in next time to see, does Frank cry some more? (laughs) (laughs) Go through the full spectrum of emotions with Frank. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We have a Discord. You can jump on there. We enjoy chatting with people about the show. Uh, And, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. Until next time, stay questy.